industrial accidents, ancient Solving poisoners, crime, poison prevention. Spills. This is Toxic History. Our next talk uh, will come from Dr. Alex Harding. He's a director of medical toxicology and assistant professor of emergency medicine at Baylor College down in Houston. Um, and he's going to be introducing us to the story of a toxic woman and the domino effect that she had on the community around her. So I'm going to be talking today about uh, Gloria Ramirez or the toxic woman, which is kind of a, a topic that's been in um, popular culture pretty frequently. So um, this is Riverside, California. It's February 1994. Uh, Riverside is a city on the uh, in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, it was founded in the 1870s, it serves as the county seat for Riverside County, um, and it's home to several historic buildings, um, including the um, Riverside Fox Theater, where the first showing of 1939's Gone with the Wind took place, uh, and additionally is home to the world's largest paper cup, which is actually three stories high and is actually made of concrete. Um, so the evening in question, it's about 60 degrees Fahrenheit, it's partly cloudy. So the story that we're about to hear um, has captured the minds and pens of screenwriters and authors in the years since. It's inspired uh, episodes of The X-Files, Law and Order, Grey's Anatomy, and others, um, dozens, um, if, if you look into it. Um, I do want to acknowledge my primary source that we're going to talk about a little bit later, which is a paper that was published in Forensic Science International in 1997 by Grant et al. So Gloria Ramirez is a 31-year-old woman from Riverside. Um, she's a mother of two. She's a housewife. She volunteers at the local elementary school. She has unfortunately been suffering from late-stage cervical cancer, reportedly is not on any chemotherapy or radiation treatments. And she calls 911 complaining of difficulty breathing, along with a few days of nausea and vomiting. Paramedics show up at her house. They place her on oxygen, and they quickly bring her over to Riverside General Hospital, which is a nearly 100-year-old hospital that since has relocated and is now known as Riverside County Regional Medical Center. Uh, on arrival to the ER, she's noted to have a fast heart rate and an abnormal breathing pattern, and the doctors, nurses, and techs at Riverside General Hospital start to treat her. And that's where things start to take a really, really strange turn. So Gloria Ramirez has been rushed to the hospital on oxygen. She's having significant difficulty breathing. The medical team is already hard at work evaluating her, and she's described as partially conscious and not very responsive. She begins to worsen, and the team has to get more aggressive with their treatment and starts full-on CPR measures. They place several more IVs, place a breathing tube in Ramirez, and they have to shock her multiple times during the course of the code. And as any ER physician can tell you that this isn't quite out of the ordinary for a rough shift, but what happens next isn't so easily dismissed as routine. Several members of her team begin uh, noticing what they describe as an ammonia-like odor coming from Ramirez. Uh, they describe an oily sheen to her body as well as a garlicky odor coming from her mouth. Shortly thereafter, a nurse faints. When drawing blood, several of the physicians notice what's described as whitish or manila crystals in the blood tubes. At that point, one of the physicians loses consciousness and begins having what's described as convulsions as well as difficulty breathing. As team members continue to drop, the chair of the emergency department orders the evacuation of all the patients and most of the other personnel. Despite continued efforts by the team to resuscitate Ramirez, she's eventually pronounced dead at 8.50 p.m. on February 19, 1994, about one hour after arriving to the emergency department. 
Her remains are placed in a double sealed bag and then into an airtight casket. Hazmat teams respond and decontaminate the ER. Environmental services sanitizes the entire department. And later OSHA evaluates the ventilation, the plumbing and the department itself. And they're unable to identify a source. So we now have nearly two dozen hospital workers that are affected, six of whom are actually hospitalized and we have no clear cause for their symptoms. The autopsy of Gloria Ramirez was done under really intensely isolated conditions. We're thinking like scuba, hazmat suits, and they identify no toxic or hazardous vapors coming from her body or in the surrounding air. So to this day, we actually still have no idea exactly what caused so many people surrounding Gloria Ramirez to become ill. Ultimately, the Department of Health Services proposes an outbreak of mass sociogenic illness, otherwise known as mass hysteria, as the cause for the incident. So I want to take a brief intermission before we get to the rest of the theories regarding exactly what happened with the so-called toxic woman and talk a little bit about these mass hysteria events. Um, this is not to imply that this was actually a case of mass hysteria, uh, as we're going to discuss a few additional theories that offer potential explanations to what might have happened. But anytime that there are large numbers of people similarly afflicted, we should at least consider some sort of psychosocial component uh, to their presentation. So this painting represents uh, the dancing plague of 1518. So in 1518 in the city of Strasbourg, which is what in what is now modern day France, um, all of a sudden a woman begins dancing. And based off of various accounts from the church, from government officials, et cetera, over the course of the next few weeks, between 50 and 400 people take to the streets in a dancing frenzy that lasts up to a few weeks. There are conflicting reports regarding morbidity and mortality in this, um, but some of the reports um, describe up to 15 people per day dying from the exertional stress of dancing so much. Um, there are theories about poisonings, um, such as ergotism, demonic possession, and even somebody describing a spider bite that only got better if the person danced in a very specific way and had very specific music around them. But one of the most commonly accepted explanations for this is a source of sort of stress-induced psychosis. We've had a few similar events that have been reported. Um, in Tanzania, um, I, at the time it wasn't Tanzania, but now it is. Um, in 1962, they reported a laughing epidemic that saw hours to weeks of laughter coming from up to a thousand separate people. The same year, a textile manufacturing town in the United States had an outbreak known as the June bug outbreak, where some overworked dressmakers believed that they were being bitten by bugs that had arrived in a, a fabric shipment. However, the experts found no actual evidence of infestation. More recently, there have actually even been several outbreaks of mass social media induced illness owing to social media sites like Facebook and YouTube, specifically a, a noticeable rise in presentations for um, tick-like illnesses in, uh, in uh, adolescence. So while the most common conclusion that we draw from this is that there was an episode of mass hysteria associated with the treatment of Gloria Ramirez, it's important to note that for the staff of the emergency department, this was at first not completely out of the blue. We see things like this all the time. So I think it's valuable to at least consider some other potential reasons. 
And I want to point out that on the right side of this slide, right next to uh, the portrait of Ramirez, uh, is actually a scene from uh, an episode of Grey's Anatomy from the third season, which is their, their take on the toxic woman. So during forensic analysis of Gloria Ramirez, she was actually found to have a breakdown product suggesting she may have taken something known as dimethyl sulfoxide or DMSO. Um, DMSO has been described in numerous applications, uh, including for pain, anxiety, and sedative effects, among others. Uh, there are some uh, pieces of literature that suggest this might be one of our kind of miracle drugs, um, which obviously it, it has kind of fallen out of favor, um, if it ever was. DMSO um, has many reports of also being used to treat pain from cancers, including cervical cancer, which is what Ramirez had. And reportedly she was self-treating because she wasn't receiving any chemo or radiation. So it's not out of the realm of possibility she could be taking this. There was also an additional theory that was presented that DMSO, since it's very, very well absorbed through the skin, may have been used by Ramirez to take um, fencyclidine or PCP. Um, however, the kind of conflict comes about when they describe her initial presentation as potentially being consistent with a PCP toxicity, um, and then later on find no real evidence um, otherwise that she was intoxicated. Either way, she theoretically had elevated levels of DMSO inside of her body, whether that was transdermally absorbed or ingested. This DMSO, in the theory that's presented in this paper that I'm going to discuss, in the presence of oxygen, can be converted into something called dimethyl sulfone, DMSO2, which was what was actually detected by the forensic lab. Now we know that Gloria Ramirez was complaining of shortness of breath when she called EMS. So they placed her on oxygen during her transport as well as in the hospital. So this is at least a feasible mechanism to convert dimethyl sulfoxide to DMSO2. DMSO2 is also at room temperature described as a white crystal. And we know that from the firsthand reports, there were some sort of crystals being seen in the blood drawn from Ramirez. So the theory would be that once the blood is taken out of the patient and exposed to room air, if not colder, then the DMSO2 starts to crystallize and come out of solution, which theoretically she's hyperconcentrated because of how much DMSO she's been taking. I should note that normally the clearance of these is mainly renal. And she was reported potentially due to metastases um, that were causing compression of uh, her ureters and her urethra, uh, that she was found to be in renal failure, which would um, kind of line up with her concentrating this DMSO inside of her body. The theory goes on to say that this DMSO2 could then further be converted to another compound called dimethyl sulfate, DMSO4, which is described as oily. And remember, the primary account noted that her skin was described as having an oily sheen to it. A DMSO4 has been listed as a chemical warfare agent in literature, and the vapors, when inhaled, can lead to significant symptoms, including death. When the authors of the paper compared the symptoms from the Riverside General Hospital employees with the symptoms seen with DMSO4, nearly all of them matched. Now, there are a few holes in that theory in that the reaction would uh, require some very specific conditions to occur. But aside from the mass hysteria hypothesis, this one does seem to hold the most water. So you can see this is... Uh, the, the title and the authorship for this um, article, which came out very shortly after 
um, the events. And then here are our, pro pro our proposed mechanisms. Um, so we have DMSO2 on the top combined with oxygen um, forming, I guess that's probably a typo on their part, DMSO combined with oxygen forming DMSO2. And then a precipitation reaction once we get the blood out of the patient that describes the crystallization and then potentially the combination of DMSO2 plus oxygen forming an increased level of DMSO4, which is then either excreted from the skin of Gloria Ramirez or exhaled prior to her, her intubation. There is a secondary hypothesis. Um, the, there were some people who poked holes in kind of this theory because it would require some very specific conditions to occur. And this is all theoretical. It hasn't really been proven in vivo. Uh, most of these have been in vitro um, analyses of these substances. But the other proposed explanation, I think, goes even a little farther um, outfield um, in that they, Riverside is described as being basically a huge drug hub and one of the largest um, locations for the production of methamphetamine. So the other theory involves hospital workers that were smuggling precursor chemicals inside of IV bags, which were then mistakenly given to Ramirez. And a lot of those involved um, compounds that have an ammonia-like smell. Uh, but this does seem to be rather accusatory towards the staff of the hospital, um, and I'm not sure that's necessarily where we want to go with this. So ultimately, we have a few different theories. Could this be mass hysteria? Could everybody's mind suddenly turn on them and create all these varying symptoms as they notice their colleagues becoming ill and, and you know, passing out, convulsing, et cetera? Could there have been some strange chemicals administered to Ramirez that weren't identified that had something to do with the methamphetamine manufacturing? Or could it be a strange but plausible chemical reaction that led to her body literally leaking a chemical weapon into the air? Ultimately, I'm afraid we're never gonna really know what happened in Riverside on February 19th, 1994. And we're probably gonna continue perpetually to chase the mystery that is the toxic woman. Thank you.